Hi there, I'm Margie McCartney, Bethany College class of 1983. This is Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is class of 1983's Margie McCartney. Margie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Carlo? I'm all right. It's a little dreary here, but it's okay. It's uh, a beautiful day in Chicago. <laughs> well, and that was, you know, I got to explain to you the mix-up that I, because I've, I've told a couple people off camera. So I... I sent you a text message when we set up the time and everything. And I said, 12 o'clock noon. And you had said you were in Chicago. I'm not thinking about, oh, time difference. Yeah, sure. It'll be fine. Ev Del Cerro calls me yesterday and goes, you understand they're, they're an hour behind us. So <laughs> one you're, you're recording at one, not 12. And I went, I did not, but I should send her a message so that we're all on the same page. So I'm glad that we could get you here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I saw Evelyn's interview and it was great. She, she and I were uh, sorority sisters and she's a wonderful person. Well, so let's dive into, into you as a person. How, in 1979 from New York, how do you find your way to Brook County, West Virginia and Bethany College? Well, a friend of mine from my hometown of Pelham, New York, his name is Tim Henningsen. And Tim went to a soccer camp in New Hampshire with Drew McConaughey and Bobby Hill who were both KAs at Bethany College. And they told Tim about Bethany and Tim told me about Bethany. And uh, my dad sold coal, he was frequently in Pittsburgh. So we decided to go check it out and we drove there. I had the map. I was like, dad, this looks like a little shortcut. Let's take this route. I think it was 331 and it went past M's. And I remember these cows were crossing the dirt path road. And I turned to my dad and I said, I don't think there really is a Bethany College. I think some friends of mine punked me and made up this fake brochure with the good looking guys playing Frisbee in the quad, but actually drove up a little bit further. I saw the clock tower and the rest as they say is history. Just fell in love right there. So when you came to Bethany, were you always gonna be a communications major or? That, yeah, that was kind of my intent. Um, and that was one of the reasons that it was appealing to me. Um, I often people say, how did a girl from New York end up going to college in West Virginia? And I'm like, hey, nothing for nothing. But the drinking age was 18. That was a big deal back then. The check cleared. I got in and it was far enough away from my parents that they couldn't surprise me on a weekend. All those things were very appealing to me back in 1979. Well, but you have a little bit of a family connection to West Virginia as well, correct? I actually do. Yeah. My mom's dad grew up in Brewston Mills, West Virginia. And I knew that he was from West Virginia, but we never went there as kids. He was born there and then he grew up uh, outside of Pittsburgh. And um, he is, uh, he was in the coal business and did very, very well. And it was really nice to think about going back to a place that I had family roots from. And I remember after looking at a variety of different schools that I uh, decided that I was gonna go to Bethany and I walked into the kitchen at my mom's house and said, you know what? I've decided I'm going to Bethany College. And my mom was washing dishes and she turned around and said, um, I know that my father is rolling over in his grave with a smile on his face because someone is going home to West Virginia. So you got a little, um, 
you have a little bit of West Virginia in you. You're not, that's not, I, cause I, you, that wasn't your first choice, right? Bethany was not your, your first. No, I actually thought I'd be going to like University of Vermont, University of New Hampshire. I like to ski. I'm, you know, from New York, we used to go to New England. We used to have a house in Vermont, but my high school guidance counselor told me they would be my safeties and I got it waitlisted. And it was sort of like dating, you know, I didn't want to go with somebody that like, oh yeah, let me see if somebody else says no, then, you know, then we'll go to the prom. It was like, uh-uh. So Bethany College sent me a letter and it said, Dear Miss McCartney, we would be honored to have you. And I was like, honored to have me. That's where I'm going. Well, and you did get to ski a little bit at Bethany, correct? <laughs> you had to ski a little bit coming yeah, from that story would come back. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I um I uh took a class with Dr. Buckaloo, uh, bird watching, and um I used to ski down the hill in my nightgown and give people rides going down the hill to class. So Dr. Buckley fortunately passed me in a class that I probably had no business being in because he liked the fact that I gave people rides down the hill on my skis. <laughs> well, so talking <laughs> talking about some classes, what was the communication major like as you were coming uh, through? I liked it. Evelyn was a lot more involved with uh, radio and TV than I was. I like did a few stints there with a couple of teachers. My freshman um, seminar advisor and my favorite teacher at Bethany was Larry Grimes. Um, he, we taught a creative writing course and I loved that. I've always loved to write. And um, he also had us at his home for an overnight uh, camping experience. And it was really special. And that's where we really got to know, you know, you're brand new in college. You don't really know that many people. And that's where you got to really get to know everybody. And uh, it, he just was a great teacher and he was very hands-on and he would always check in to make sure you're doing okay. And when you're a freshman, you know, that, that means a lot just to know somebody's looking out for you. So he was always uh, like my go-to guy at Bethany and he lived right across from the KA house and my roommate and I hung out there a lot. <laughs> so you were also an athlete for three years at Bethany, correct? I played softball in, in high school and volleyball in high school, but I just played softball at Bethany. Um, I played left field. I met my, one of my dear friends, Beth Mitchell. Um, she played shortstop and I played left field. She was a year ahead of me. Um, and so <laughs> I think she always knew that I had the power to get the ball to her, but she was probably gonna have to run a few feet to the left or a few feet to the right. My aim wasn't always dead on, but um, yeah, Beth and I met and then I ended up being at her wedding uh, at Bethany and she married a guy from Bethany and she's now a grandma. She lives in Pittsburgh and that's wonderful. So like lots of Pittsburgh people. I didn't really know anybody from Pittsburgh until I went to Bethany. And now I have a lot of great friends from Pittsburgh. Well, and then we, we said you only, there was only three years of softball. The fourth year, you the dabbled year, in yes. theater. See, I was going to see if I could find that. Uh, yeah, I decided that I um, was going to audition for a play. Um, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and I tried out for Peppermint Patty and I got the part. So I don't know if you can see this picture here on the bottom, but uh, that's the cast of our show of your good man, Charlie Brown, busy rehearsing for opening night of the musical on March 17th from left are Elizabeth Warren, Paul Kingman, myself, Chris Berry, Rick Sage, Pat Bailey, and Sue Germano. So that was a really special, different thing. And that's what was so great about Bethany. You could do so many different things. Like in a lot of bigger schools, you know, the classes are like thousands of people and you never get any one-on-one -on -one attention. At Bethany, you got one-on-one -on -one attention all the time. And if you ever need any help, my God, the professor would invite you over to their house for a cup of coffee or, you know, anything just to help and just be concerned. And it was just such a special place all the way around. It was uh, really um, just, it's 
always warms my heart to even think about Bethany. So it's such an honor here today to be with you talking about it as well. Well, do you have a couple other memories there that you want to there? I know there's a couple pictures that you have, maybe uh, some IDs. Some, uh, well, uh, you know, you were asking earlier about senior comprehensives. And so I actually found this picture and this is actually Beth Mitchell here and some cards and flowers that people had sent notes. And here's a letter from um, Bethany College Administration of uh, the Registrar's Office, excuse me. This is to inform me that an official statement has been received by this office to the effect that you have passed the comprehensive examination in your field of concentration communications. This represents an important requirement for graduation that has now been satisfied. So glad I did it in January term because then I didn't, you know, but if anything had gone wrong, you could take it again in the spring. So I was, um, I was grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. Bethany was just, just that, all that in a bag of chips. So, so social life around campus or off campus. So there was uh -huh. Bubba's, there was M's. Um, am I missing anything? Was there? Ah, uh, no, that was it. Be uh, Bubba's had beat the clock. That was always fun. And there was a guy, he was a military guy, Poji, and he would always be in there and he would um, uh, tell stories about when he was in the army and everything. And it, it, he was just an interesting character. He used to hang out at the Sigma New House and I like to hang out at the Sigma New House too. So we had that in common. Um, and then M's, we used to go there sometimes on Sunday afternoons and they had those like quart beers and we would have like trays from the cafeteria and we'd ride down in the mud into the creek. And, it, you know, I went to camp my whole life. So it, it was very, Bethany was so outdoorsy. There was lots of trees and winding roads and all those things are really important to me and, and uh, was part of the reason I wanted to go there. It had such a great vibe and it just felt very safe and innocent. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just a great place to go to school. Any concerts that you, that you can remember? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's see, went to Pure Prairie League in Wheeling. I remember that. That was great. And then um, Gene Cotton played at Bethany College when I was there. And my junior year college, first semester, I went to school in Austria. And I found a Gene Cotton album in a store like in Vienna. And uh, I had it with me that day. And he signed it, which was a big thrill. But we loved Gene Cotton. He, I think he came to Bethany many other times as well. He was, uh, he was great. But uh, those are the two that stick out the most in my mind, but it was just such a wonderful experience all the way around. Now, <clears throat> you were also a member of Greek life, as you pointed out earlier. You, you know what is funny though, Carlo? When I was in high school, I thought to myself, I would never join a sorority. I thought that sorority girls were all really stuck up and maybe that's just from movies. And, and it's my ignorance really by even saying that. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought that it was like always girls with pearls and their fingers out and they're just gonna be all snooty and everything. But then when I got to Bethany, I saw how much the social life revolved around sororities and fraternities. And I was like, you know what? This is uh, actually quite a fun place. And this is a cool vibe. And this seems like really a great way to get to know a lot of people, both women and men. It was great. We did mixers with other fraternity houses um, and it was a small school. So you really got to know people, you know, it wasn't like you saw somebody once and you'd never see them again. There's only one big cafeteria. We're all there. So why Zeta? Um, because, um, I was actually at a, um, where was I? I was uh, at the, at, what was that? The field. What did they call that field down at the bottom by the tennis courts? I can't remember the coal bowl. They called it the coal bowl back in the day. And I, um, got down there and I met a bunch of girls and one ended up becoming my sorority big sister, Shelly Wells. And Betsy Garcy was my roommate. Uh, Lisa Menard was from, um, Fox, Fox Valley, Pennsylvania, Fox. I'm having a brain fart. Um, Fox Chapel. 
Fox Chapel, excuse me, Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania. And um, she picked Betsy as her big sister and I picked Shelly. And, uh, but another friend of mine from a different sorority had said, you know what the great thing about Bethany is, it doesn't really matter what sorority fraternity you join because everybody, it's not like, oh, don't talk to them there. And that's, nobody cared. It, it, nobody cared about anything. It was just like, oh, are you fun? Great. You want to hang out? Great. Well, Which is the way it should be. And you bring that up. You found a letter today as you were, were going through. I did. Um, I did. You wanted to I, share um, a, couple, a couple lines from it. Yeah. It, 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 well, I knew I had it somewhere in my desk. And knowing that I was going to be speaking to you today at noon Chicago time, I <laughs> went through some drawers and I found this letter that is dated May 12th, 1983, Office of, of Admissions from Bethany College. Dear Margie, the school year is almost over and it's hard to believe that you will be graduating in a little more than a week. Could four years actually pass that quickly? I'm afraid so. It's almost time to move on. And for you, I'm sure it will be to even bigger and better things. Margie, you enjoyed Bethany. It became a special place for you. I'm so glad. Your love for Bethany and for life in general shows very brilliantly, I might add. By letting these emotions show, you have made Bethany a better place. And she says a few more things, but she ends it with, and this is from Terry Zabrookie, who was older than I was and in a different sorority. Um, take care and never lose your love for this old school, this place that you have called home for four years, this institution that loves you. Always love Terry. Like, beautiful. And I, I think that captures in, in, in very beautiful words, it captures exactly what Bethany is to yeah. a lot of alumni. Um, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna regroup because I got a little emotional listening to that, and I'm, I love Bethany with with all of my heart. Uh, but we have to send it to Harry Chambers and Chambers General Store because um, if Chambers doesn't have it, you don't need it. Um, anybody, that, if you if you have not been to Bethany, when you go to Bethany, stop into Chambers. It's right on Main Street. You can't miss it. Uh, you get your breakfast sandwiches. You can get your daily lunch specials. Fifty cent cup of coffee. He'll make you a sandwich. There's soups of the day. Uh, first Friday of every month is fish. You can get that saying, if they don't have it, you don't need it on the back of a t-shirt. Um, and like I said, everything they, everything that Harry has and provides for the town, uh, it's good to show support for, for him as a small business. Um, this is class of 1983's Margie McCartney. I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and we will be right back. You're watching another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded deep in a hidden lair in Bethany, West Virginia, where when you visit, make sure you stop by Chambers General Store. Grab one of our hot breakfast sandwiches made fresh all day. Don't forget the biscuits and gravy or one of the daily lunch specials. And if none of that trips your trigger, cold cut sub sandwiches and wraps made fresh all day to your order. Hey, and don't be the only alumni on the block that doesn't have the Chambers, if you, we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirt or the latest edition of the Bethany West Virginia shroom capital of the world in the psychedelic green. Hey, now back to you, Carla. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is class of 1983's Margie McCartney. Margie, so we left off with everything in Bethany, but we didn't leave. We forgot a couple of stories. There's a story from your first day as a freshman uh, we got to let everybody hear what happened. It's very embarrassing. But uh, so this is actually a picture of a bunch of us that ran the cabaret, which was at the barn. I don't even know if they still have the barn there, but they had like sunrise sandwiches and all this stuff. But now 
I saw the word B-I-S-O-N and a picture of buffaloes on lots of shirts when I was looking at the school, but no one ever said the word out loud to me, and I did not know that word. And so my freshman year, I, Tim Henningsen and I walked into the uh, snack bar, and I ordered a Bisson burger. <laughs> and Craig Liggett was a K-A, and he threw a plastic knife into me, and he said, you effing freshman, learn your mascot. It's a bison. And I was mortified, and I said, I'm from New York. We call them buffaloes. There you go. But it yep. stuck with you forever. It you stuck wouldn't... with me. And now at Wrigley Field, they sell bison burgers. And I always say to people, you want a bison burger? <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the point where we talk about comps. And you have a little bit of an interesting story because you had an entire attic cleaned out for you, basically, to study for I comps. Did. So you took comps yes, in January. I did. I took comps in January. I thought that way, if anything went wrong, I could try them again in the spring. But uh, fortunately, I passed. Um, I think my, my, well, Jim Carty was head of the communications department. Uh, my freshman advisor, uh, Larry Grimes, uh, my softball coach, Howie Seiler, and my sorority sister, Evelyn Del Cerro, sat in on my comprehensives, which were, they were not easy. <laughs> What's the, uh, Oh, but I was going to tell you that the Mitchells, my friend Beth Mitchell that I played softball with, her parents lived in town. They both worked for Bethany College and they had were kind enough to clean out their attic and make it into a room for me. They put a bed in there, a desk, a chair, a lamp. And I had every book I had for four years of college and I just crammed, 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 crammed every day, every night, every day, every night. And, uh, and I was ready when I went in there. So I felt pretty confident going in. But Jim Carty was really, really hard on me. In fact, Howard Seiler, when we came out, he was like, wow. And Evelyn was like, wow. Um, yeah, it was a, interesting. When you have a picture of them walking out with you, correct? I do. Here we go. It's not that clear, but that's Howie, me in the middle, and Evelyn behind me. Um, and we came out, and then, uh, we're, oh, yeah. I think I showed you this one, the pictures that's Beth giving me a hug and people sending flowers and stuff. It was great. It was, it was like a few moment, like, okay, this is good. You know, we're out you of go here. To college, is... You want to graduate. You don't want to not. <laughs> so, and before we leave off, I know that the soccer program was very important to you as well. So oh, yeah, I was great pals with a lot of guys at the KA house, uh, Paul Hayward, uh, who we lost in 2015. He was really involved with the soccer team. Here's some other pictures. Uh, went to the uh, NCAA soccer quarterfinals, uh, Wheaton College in Illinois. Oh, my God. They, I think they wrote a letter to the president of Bethany saying we don't want any of your people back here again. But it was a great experience. And then we beat uh, a couple other schools. And then we ended up going to North Carolina for the championship, which we lost. We felt it was like a little bit of faulty uh, referee calls, but it is what it is. And then eventually they won the whole thing uh, a few years later. So that was good. And then Paul also uh, and I had gotten together to uh, host a, a Bethany booze cruise. I did a few in New York. And then when I moved to Chicago, he helped me throw this party where my brother met his wife, still happily married after 25 years. And once again, the Bethany circle just grows and grows. Exactly. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing. I think I shared with you earlier that um, a girl I knew from New York, uh, she went to one of the SUNY schools with 15,000 people. And she said, Margie, I went to school with 15,000 people and I keep in touch with Two, you went to a small school in West Virginia with like a thousand, maybe 1500 people back then. She goes, and you keep in touch with like 500 of them. And I'm like, you know what? That's just the way Bethany is. It's like a big family. And it was a beautiful experience. And 
always felt really lucky that I went there. I mean, you know, a lot of people never heard of it, but every now and then, even now I'll be like, have you ever heard of Bethany college in West Virginia? And somebody will be like, yeah, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, it depends on their age, obviously. But if they were in my age group, we pretty much probably knew each other. <laughs> so, you know? so now that four years comes to a close. Mm-hmm. What's the, cause you do a little, you go to NYU for a second. I got right? a certificate of meeting and conference management at NYU several years later. I went back to New York, moved back in with my parents and um, I got a job in New York city. Hold on. My cat is about Harry Carey is my cat, but you got to go sit over there, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a job in New York city working at an advertising agency. And this is funny because a lot of my friends, good, good friends at Bethany were a year younger than I was. So then they were seniors the following year. So now I'm working at this advertising agency in lower Manhattan. And the week, the weekend before I was starting my job was like homecoming at Bethany. And I went and then there were, when I was in college, there was People Express. It was an airline that flew from Newark airport to Pittsburgh for $14. And it was only around for five years. And those five years were over the four years that I was there. So my parents were thrilled about that airline. So I would go back and forth often. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I came back from homecoming and I was taking a cab from LaGuardia to my new job. And I was a little tired, shall we say, and excited about my new job. And I got out of the cab and realized that my luggage was in the trunk and I had to chase the cab for a block in the rain. But I got my suitcase and I started my job. And that was I've been in the hospitality industry and, and that you know communications field for the rest of my life. I must say you have interesting first days. <laughs> Your first days in places seem to be very... I'm seeing the and then and, and we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this and then. But let's first, before we dive into to the book, um, you're also a public speaker, correct? Well, that really, you know, the book is the conduit to get into public speaking. Um, what happened was I had been with a destination management company for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what a DMC is, what they're called, does, we, uh, we work with people that plan meetings, conventions, incentives. It's not like wedding planners or anything like that. We do big corporate events, small corporate events, whatever, but uh, business events. And we do everything from get the transportation. We could do the transportation for 50,000 people for a citywide convention or another one of the medical associations I worked with for 15 years. We did all their parties, everything from, you know, on Monday, there's a board lunch for 20 and then a party for 2000 that night. And then the next day there's a party for 175 at lunch and 3000 that night. And it's mm-hmm. coordinating the bands, the entertainment, the linens, the flowers, you name it, soup to nuts. And we can be as involved as they want us to be or, or, or whatever, you know, we can do like a little part of it. We always like to do the whole enchilada. Um, but it, it's a great industry. I love it. Um, and before that I was in hotel sales in New York. Um, and then once I kind of got involved with this, I never looked back. Well, so why, why, why write the book? Why now? Why, what was the big, the big push? Well, ironically, uh, in August of 2020, so COVID started in March of 2020 and at my company, which uh, maybe there were 500 people around the country. I, I don't know exactly, but I'm going to ballpark it. Mm-hmm. So they furloughed a bunch of people and they let a lot of people go. And then a few months later, they furloughed more people. And I was in global sales and we had heard a buzz that some people were like, oh, nobody from global sales has been affected by this. So on the last day of August, uh, I got a call from my boss. But two weeks before that call from my boss, I got an email from a woman named Carrie Kathleen Heaps in Orlando, Florida, who owns a company called Book Speak Repeat. And her email, she got my name off a meeting professionals international mailing list. 
And it said, have you ever thought about going into public speaking? And I thought, you know, yeah, I actually really had. But then I got the job at my last company. Mm -hmm. And um, now I work for the DMC Network. It's an awesome organization. And um, anyway, at the time, I got the other job and I was on a plane every other week trying to make my sales goals. So the whole like thinking about going into public speaking sort of fell by the wayside. Um, but then she said to me, well, you know, if you really want to go into public speaking, you should write a book because you'll get a lot more gigs. And I said to her, my whole life, everyone has told me you have to write a book. And so I did. It's called And Then which was initially, it was gonna be, um, you walk through a door, you trust a stranger, uh, and then network uh, lessons from uh, a, a journey. Uh, I'm forgetting exactly, but anyway, <laughs> I hired a publisher and she was like, no, you need to have like more action verb words to get people to go to your, your website or to Amazon. So we ended up with, and then networking lessons from an extraordinary life still in progress. Um, the constellation Orion is there because my dad fought with Pat in the Battle of the Bulge. And during the war, um, he got turned around with one of his uh, buddies and they were looking for the Germans. And then they realized that their campsite was below Orion and they followed Orion and got back safely. So I lost my dad 17 years ago and that was a, a shout out to him. But anyway, so I wrote the book really as a conduit to get speaking gigs and um, I wasn't sure whether or not I'd get a new job after I'd lost my first one. So that's when I wrote the book. And then it turns out I got a call from a headhunter last May and by June, they'd offer me the job. So that's why I had to hire a publisher to get me across the finish line with the book, which uh, I think came out like October, November of last year. And so far um, I spoke at three events in Chicago, uh, the Midwest in Mich um, Milwaukee, Chicago and Detroit last fall. And then in New York in November, and I actually most recently just returned from Dublin, Ireland, where I spoke about the book and different chapters from the book at the Society of Incentive Travel Excellence Global Conference in Dublin, Ireland, which was just wonderful. Well, and, and so can we talk about some of the chapters? So the, there's a chapter Absolutely. about Bethany. Yeah, um, there is a chapter about Bethany. It's called Country Roads Take Me Home, um, which, as you know, is... Uh, yep name of John Denver's popular book but so anyway but here I was telling you earlier about the acknowledgments I put here thank you to my Bethany College buddy Alan Tate who over 30 years ago told me you have to write a book one day and when you do you need to call it and then because when you tell a story it's never how you just jumped in a taxi it's always I jumped in a taxi and then and when you think about it the end then is really the meat of any story right it like really you is. start a story but it's the end then that keeps you keeps you going so the first chapter is about my hometown. The second chapter is about my summer camp, which was a big part of my life. And the third chapter is about college years. Uh, some of the other chapters are the, lot the lottery of life. It's okay to be a bozo, planes, trains, automobiles, and Wrigley Field, making people feel worthy, the kindness of strangers, which is my favorite chapter. It's a small world after all, interviews, that's a classic chapter, golf and the people we meet on the course of life, go with your gut, one thing leads to another, when life gives you lemons, sell them to buy wine, be a connector, on and on and on. It's really all about uh, going out of your way um, to meet people, making connections. And remember, like when you meet somebody there, like, oh, you know what, I met that person and they could help that person. And, and, and that's how this whole network of life works or has for me. Mm -hmm. um, so on, on the book, along with the um, constellation, there are some pictures. And here's one of Old Maine on the back cover. And pictures of my family and just some stories 
Um, it says experience a life woven with connections from stories about the importance of networking and making connections, whether with an Ethiopian cab driver in Chicago or an Armenian stranger in a Moscow restaurant. Margie McCarty emboldens you to meet people, trust strangers, and never forget the contacts and relationships you create on your way to a positive life. I need to ask about the Ethiopian cab driver. His name is Top Tamu. He is now one of my best friends. Um, I just talked to him last night. His children now call me Aunt Margie. Um, he picked me up. Let's see here, kindness of strangers. He picked me up at O'Hare in September of 2017. That's Tamu. And I had caught a horrible travel bug while in Greece. And then I stopped in Rome to give the Pope a Cubs jersey that I had the Cubs make for the Pope. Um, and I was really still really sick. And I, I seemed okay going over the uh, ocean, but uh, then I got in a cab at O'Hare and Hop Tom picked me up and I had to ask him to get to stop for me to get sick five times. Now I'm from New York. Most cab drivers would be like, lady, time is money. Get out of my cab. But this kind man stopped for me and I was laying in the back of his cab, just so distraught. And he said, I've never seen anybody so sick. And when we got to my home, he um, took my suitcase out of the back trunk and I saw that he had a child seat. So I knew that he was a father, but I was so deliriously sick that I forgot to get a receipt. So I didn't even have the cab number. Um, but one of my best friends is now the commissioner of consumer affairs and business protection for the city of Chicago. So I reached out to my friend, Ken Meyer, and I'm like, Ken, you have to help me track this man down because he was so kind to me. And, uh, he did. And I wrote him a letter and I wrote, I had given him a cash gratuity that day. I wrote him another substantial check said, you have completely renewed my faith in mankind. Um, I can never thank you enough for being there for me in my weakest moment of my life, because it was really brutal. Um, you know, I went to the doctor antibiotics a week later, I lost 10 pounds in a week. Um, I was fine, but, uh, it was a really tough patch there and, uh, he was my hero and he still is. So now, uh, I took, he and his family to their first Cubs game. We're going again uh, in July and I took them to their first Bulls game a few months ago. They were over the moon about that. And he's taken, we're going to Italy on vacation. He's taken us to the airport when we go. I'm just, he's, he's our guy. So I got to take a minute to, to point out, if nobody else caught that, she was giving the Pope a, a Cubs jersey. And then she, this is how this all goes together. Now, you see, now I'm putting all of the, the dots are all coming together for me. Um, now, you said there's a, you have a website as well. I do. It's called McCartneyPartners.com. So the book is on sale and it's also on a Kindle and the audio version is going to be released soon. You can get it on Amazon, but uh, if you'd like an autographed copy, I will mail it to you myself. Um, just know I'm going to be gone from June 6th to July 3rd. So don't be disappointed if you don't get it in that time period. But um, uh, McCartneyPartners.com. You can just order it online. You put your credit card in boop, and I will write out a little note to you in the front of the book and put it in the mail. Um, and so far, so good. You know, as I said, the book is the conduit to get the speaking gigs. Um, and that's going pretty well too. I mean, I have a full-time job, so that's sort of like a side thing, but um, the majority, in fact, all of the people, most of the people that I've been speaking to are all in the hospitality industry. So it kind of like one helps one that helps the other. And somebody else is like, oh, you know what? I need someone to speak about that. But when I was speaking with my coach, she had also said, um, one of the things you might eventually want to do is to speak to colleges and help people that are graduating from school. Like, you know, 
people are always on their phones texting or this and they don't make eye contact they don't really know how to shake someone's hand and say hi i'm margie mccartney you know what do you do and, and just those little things that seem so basic that bethany was really good about making sure we all knew when we graduated there mm -hmm. are schools oh, sorry my cats are now fighting hey simmer down harry carry and cubby bear here right behind <laughs> me. um they it, it's uh I'm, Sorry. It's fine. That's part of it. That's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, it's uh it's been great. And 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 that's a, a fun thing about the whole thing is it, it just it, it feeds each other. It's like one story feeds to the next, which feeds to the next, which feeds to the next. And it all just kind of keeps going around like this big crazy world we live in. But that's that's what's so important. And that's really the whole point of the book is that you never know who you're gonna meet. Always be kind to strangers. Somebody out there needs you. Somebody is having a really bad day and you might just say, hi, nice dress. And it could change their whole day. I mean, it's just the little simple things in life. It's really not that hard. It's, it's you know, I, I, I've never claimed to be a rocket scientist, but my life is amazing and wonderful. And I feel very blessed and lucky. I, I have a great circle of friends. I have an incredible family. Um, I know you can't pick who you're born into, but I, I won the lottery there. And that's the whole chapter on the lottery of life. And how I said to my friend, Susan Keery, who I met at a cab in New York in 1984. And then we went to the Olympics in 2000. Um, she, I said to her once, wouldn't it be great to win the lottery? Cause then we'd have all this money. We could do whatever we wanted to do. And she said, you know what, Margie, we already won the lottery of life being born into the families that we were born into. So we can't ask for anything else. And I thought, shame on me. You know what, Susan Keery, you are absolutely right. So uh, yeah, there you go. And then, but it, it all like, it just keeps moving around and, and one takes care of the other, which takes care of the other, which takes care of the other. And it always comes back to the start. And it, it's, it's been great. It's been a, a great ride. Bethany was a great choice for me. Um, I, I laugh because I, I would love to see Dr. Bucklew again, because I remember one of the stories that is actually in my book was a story I wrote for Dr. Buck, not Dr. Bucklew, excuse me, Dr. Grimes freshman seminar class about a girl that I met on a train going into New York City one night. I was meeting my friends from camp to go to uh, McSorley's Ale House. And she had just landed a job as a nanny in my hometown. And she didn't. She was all excited to go out in the city and party that night, but her friend canceled on her. So she didn't even know where she was going. And I said, well, why don't you come out with me? I'm going out with my friends. And she's like, okay. And then I said, listen though, let's not tell anybody we met on the train tonight. Let's just tell everybody that you're my father's client's daughter that I met once before when you were in the United States. And she said, okay. So like maybe there were eight of us and we went all over these different places in New York City. And by the end of the night, she looks at me and she goes, I can't do this anymore. And I said, all right, you guys, we got to tell you something. We just met on the train tonight. They were like, come on. I'm like, no. And we stayed in touch for years. In fact, she helped me sing the national anthem at Chase Stadium. I sang the national anthem at nine major league ballparks. You've sang the national anthem at nine major league ballparks. Yeah. What are the major league ballparks? Uh, Wrigley Field twice, Shea Stadium, Fenway Park, Comiskey Park, Soldier Field, Camden Yards, Pack Bell, and PNC Park. Mm -hmm. I sang with a, a, a fellow Bethany, uh, a fine new graduate, Jay uh, Titus was her maiden name. Sangerman's her married name. Uh, she graduated in 81 because I graduated in 83. And then uh, Alan Tate's wife, Patty, sang with me in Baltimore uh, one year when Jay had thrown her back out. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, kind of a really cool thing. And I think that's a great place right there. That's the, <laughs> um, one more time, let's hear the, the website. McCartneyPartners.com. And I'd be happy to sign a book and mail it to you. Or if you just want to get it, 
without it being signed or anything, you just go to Amazon. It's uh, under my name and, and then networking lessons from an extraordinary life still in progress. And you can find us everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, the only one that's different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk, not just dingo talk because somebody else had the name. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcast, and we're on YouTube. Uh, I am Carlo Guadagnino. This has been class of 1983, Margie McCartney. Uh, this is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and we'll be back next week, Chuckleheads. You want to know by now. You